God has blessed us with a very beautiful Lord's Day for our assembly together. And we are here to honor God, to worship God, and to serve God, and to encourage and to edify one another in the Christian faith. As your guest speaker today, I'm reminded of a story about the guest preacher who had a big, powerful, loud, booming voice. His voice could be heard for a country mile. And when the service ended that day, one of the deacons went up to a visitor and asked him what he thought about the guest preacher. The visitor thoughtfully and tactfully replied, I've heard better preachers, but I've never heard any preacher better. <laughs> now, Lewis, in between Bible class and our worship service, came up to me, and he told me, Bill, we have several elderly people in our congregation who don't hear as well as they once did. And Lewis asked me if I would be sure to turn up the volume for them. And so I'll try to do that. And I know that if I'm unable to do it, we have someone back there in the control center that takes care of the mic in our speaker system and they can turn it up just a little to make sure each and every one is able to hear the lesson today. Well, there are so many examples of power in this world. Nature unleashes its destructive forces of tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, wildfires, tsunamis, and volcanoes. And these natural disasters are extremely powerful, destructive, and deadly. Tragic example from the Hawaiian island of Maui earlier this month. Wind-driven wildfires destroyed an entire town. More than a hundred people killed and still a thousand people missing. I know as Christians, our heart goes out to these people who have suffered such a devastating loss. And it all happened in less than an hour's time. Suddenly their world was turned upside down, inside out. And for those who experience such a horrific event, their lives will never, ever be the same again. Since 1945, mankind has been able to split the atom, thus unlocking the door to the age of nuclear power. More than enough power to energize an entire city, if used constructively, or to vaporize that same city 
if used destructively. Long ago, when writing to the Romans, a people who understood quite well the concept of great military, political, and economic power from their position as rulers of a large empire, St. Paul boldly proclaimed the spiritual power of the message he preached. The Apostle Paul declared in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Gospel of Christ. Paul declared, it is the power of God for our salvation. The English word power is a translation of the Greek word dunamis, from which is derived our word dynamite. Our faith in the gospel of Christ is the match that lights the fuse of God's spiritual dynamite in our lives. It enables his divine power to dramatically and radically change us in our future forever. The gospel of Jesus Christ is spiritually speaking TNT or thermonuclear theology to defeat the devil and save doomed sinners. Now there are several reasons why God's great power to save us is found in the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to share three of those reasons with you this morning in the message. Reason number one, the gospel of Christ reveals God's power to forgive us of all our sins. Every single sin, be it in thought, word, or action. We find our forgiveness from God of our sins in the gospel of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Although we do not like to admit it, all of us have sinned and need God's love, God's mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Hear what Isaiah has to say in Isaiah chapter 59, the first two verses. As he laments the spiritual condition of his Jewish countrymen. Isaiah says in chapter 59 verses 1 and 2. Behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Nor is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Now this truth that Isaiah proclaimed to his Jewish countrymen about 700 years before Christ is still true today. The Bible tells us about our sinfulness. 
Romans 3.23, Paul wrote, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 1 John 1.8, the Apostle John says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Spiritually speaking, because of our sin, we're guilty. And we need a blessing from God, our Creator, and Heavenly Father to deal with this guilt. Although they exercise great authority and power, earthly kings and queens, prime ministers and presidents are powerless to grant people forgiveness of their sins. Why? Well, they are sinners themselves and unable to absolve anyone of sin. However, the gospel of Christ is God's power through which the forgiveness of our sins is made possible. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 and 6. The prophet says, and he's speaking of Christ in this prophecy. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah was speaking in this prophecy of the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ. And repeatedly, he paints a word picture of what Jesus went through in order that we might have our sins forgiven. Everything Jesus suffered at his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, at his trial, and of course, during his crucifixion, was for our sins. Romans 5, 8, Paul says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us that we might be forgiven and cleansed of all our sins. Jesus gave his life and he shed his blood there upon the cross of Calvary to cleanse us from every sin. Romans 6.23, Paul tells us, for the wages of sin is death. Wages of sin, the end result, the consequences, death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. On that old rugged cross that Jesus was nailed to, he made the ultimate sacrifice to give us God's gift 
forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. Thus the gospel of Christ truly is God's power to forgive us of sin and to save our souls. And Isaiah the prophet in chapter 1 verse 18 could declare, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. What a beautiful picture. The ugliness of sin replaced by the beauty of God's forgiveness of our sin. So the gospel of Christ, it reveals God's power to forgive us of all and every sin. It also reveals God's power to change us. In Acts chapters 9 and 22, we read how Saul of Tarsus, a terribly fierce persecutor of the Lord's church, became a Christian himself and a preacher of the gospel of Christ. In many of his New Testament epistles, the Apostle Paul reminds other Christians that they too had been changed by the gospel of Christ. For an example of that, we'll just turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and i read a few verses from 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. And the Apostle Paul is going to remind these Christians at Corinth how the gospel of Jesus Christ had changed their lives. He's going to list several sins. And some of these uh, Corinthian Christians were guilty in their past of those sins. But Paul's going to remind them and we need to be reminded of the same, that in the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we become a Christian, we are a changed people. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 9. Paul says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. What a powerful example we find here in the scriptures of how the gospel of Jesus Christ is God's power to change each and every one of our lives. We are spiritually washed, sanctified, justified, and saved by the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And this happens in the waters of baptism. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. 
verses 3 through 5, to see the word picture that Paul paints of this spiritual bathing in the blood of Jesus Christ, which washes away our sin. Paul writes in Romans 6, starting with verse 3, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Jesus shed his blood to atone for our sin when he suffered and died upon the cross. He gave his life. He shed his blood. That occurred in his death upon the cross. Paul reminds the Roman Christians, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. I want you to pause and think for just a moment. When you were baptized, we had a baptism last Sunday. James Martino made his confession of faith in Jesus Christ to be God's Son and the world's Savior, and... He was baptized in the name of God, the Father, Christ, the Son, the Holy Spirit, for the remission of his sins. Praise God. And now, let us all remember that time, that place, when we made the same confession, went down into those baptismal waters. When the waters of baptism washed over our physical bodies, so too the blood of Christ bathed and cleansed us spiritually of all our sin. And we came up out of that water a new person. came up out of that water to walk in newness of life. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul told them in chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We've been living this new life in Christ since that day, we obeyed his gospel command to be baptized. We've witnessed this dramatic change in the lives of many people down through the years. Is the great spiritual rebirth and regeneration brought about by believing and obeying the gospel of Christ. Thus, the gospel of Christ reveals God's power to change us. And then thirdly, the gospel of Christ reveals God's power to secure 
our future forever. In uncertain times of instability and insecurity, the rock of ages stands firm, unmovable and secure. We are building our lives upon the rock of ages, Jesus Christ. The Bible says of our rock-solid security in our Savior, Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. And then Paul asked a rhetorical question in Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Well, we know there are a lot of folks out there that are against God, Christ, the gospel, Christianity, the church. But they're not going to prevail. We're on the winning side. Our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, has already won the victory over Satan, sin, death, and hell. And he's sharing his victory with us when we become his disciple and follower. At the end of Romans chapter 8, Paul describes our victory with these words, starting with verse 35. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, yet, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. From a worldly perspective, in each and every generation, the future is always worrisome, uncertain, and unsure. But every Christian knows that Jesus Christ has promised to secure our future forever. Rest assured, this is our blessed assurance. Satan and all the demons of hell cannot separate any of, any of us who are God's children, disciples of Christ, and Christians from the love of God and the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, we have the victory. Jesus gives us the victory. And the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ secures our eternal destiny and future.
None of us have a crystal ball that we can look into and try to figure out what the future holds for us individually, for us as a family, for us collectively as a congregation, for our communities, our state, or our nation. We cannot tell what the future holds. No one knows for sure what the future holds. But as God's people, as Christians, we know who holds our future in his hands. And so you can pillow your head at night and hopefully enjoy a sweet night of rest and awaken refreshed the following morning to face the new day, come what may, knowing that your future is secure. Jesus had this to say concerning his gospel. Again, John 3.16, which Kevin shared with us at the communion this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, God loves us. More than we could possibly know. And his Son also loves us and demonstrated that love in a very tender, loving way. When he allowed himself to be nailed to the cross, offered his life, shed his blood, that we might have remission of our sins and enjoy God's blessed gift of life eternal. Some might say, oh, Jesus is a good way to go, but it's not the only way. That's wrong. Moses won't get you into heaven. Muhammad's not going to get you into heaven. Buddha isn't going to get you into heaven. Jesus is the way. He says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The one and the only way to God, our Creator and Heavenly Father. The one and only way to have an eternal life in heaven is in, by, and through God's Son, Jesus Christ. Knowing this, Jesus told his apostles at the end of his time here on earth, before he ascended into heaven, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he warned, he that believeth not shall be damned. The Apostle Paul, he knew this. And following his conversion and becoming a Christian, he spent his life and indeed even gave his life to the kingdom of God, the cause of Christ, in preaching Christ's gospel, which is God's power. 
Again, Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 1.16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This holy book, God's word, the Bible, teaches the gospel of Christ as God's power to forgive and cleanse us of all our sin. The gospel of Christ is God's power to change our lives for the better. And the gospel of Christ is God's power to secure our future forever. I talked a few moments ago about baptism and I ask each and every one here to remember the time and place when you were baptized. It, it may be that there are a few here this morning in our worship assembly who've never obeyed the gospel command of Christ to be baptized for the remission of sins. If you've never done so, I invite you in simple, trusting, childlike faith, believe and obey the gospel of Christ today. Become a Christian. For you see, becoming a Christian and living the Christian life is the greatest and best decision you will ever make. You will never regret it. And the gospel of Christ guarantees us God's blessings as we live out our earthly life here. God's blessings eternally forevermore.